A year ago, the world changed completely. We really weren't sure what businesses were gonna thrive or really, let's be honest, survive. So I wanted to know how entrepreneurs and organizations were positively pivoting their businesses in this unknown world. Now it's been a year and people are continuing to thrive and come up with unique ways to have their business and have their organization do the things that they used to, but just a little bit differently. Welcome to season two of Coping 19. Let's face it, technology has helped us survive during COVID. I know that's a bold statement, but it's true. I think about it all the time. I'm like, what if we were living during the war or during the Great Depression? What would we do without our cell phones? Because obviously they didn't exist. You'd actually have to use a phone with like a cord that was actually in your home. For those that don't know, it's called a landline. And that wasn't always the easiest to use back then too, because the technology wasn't always there. Uh, You couldn't just pick up the phone and phone another country. It wasn't that simple. A lot of people had to write letters and you would have to wait to hear the response from the other person. Like actually wait, not like two seconds for a text message or like a few hours. Like, can you imagine like people in, especially my millennial age group, we freak out when we don't hear from someone in like four hours over text message. Like we'd actually have to wait back in the day for like a letter, like wait, like, weeks. Oh, that's a long time. The other thing that they didn't have, of course, was computers with the option to do video chats or phones to do video chats. You couldn't Zoom your coworkers. You couldn't Zoom your friends. Yeah, I know. It sounds a bit scary as I start to think about it. (laughs) But we are so lucky to have technology during the pandemic. I'm not taking anything away from the pandemic. Of course, it's been a really hard time for everyone, but technology has literally been a lot of our lifelines, not just for communicating, but also for streaming services as well. Hey, I've binged Netflix during this time. (laughs) I've watched a lot of other streaming services like Crave and Disney Plus, and it's just a way to keep yourself entertained. People have also been learning online. It's the time to learn another skill. Want to learn how to play piano? Want to learn another language? This is the time to do it while we're at home. We have all this extra time. So why not put it to good use? There's those master classes as well, where you can learn to write from Margaret Atwood. You can learn how to act from Helen Mirren, like super exciting. Like we have so much at our fingertips during this pandemic that we are very, very fortunate. Not only that, there's so many new tech companies coming up and finding unique ways to cut that face-to-face interaction for different tasks like paying your utilities at City Hall, paying for parking, paying for building permits if you are going to build yourself a new home. Like just different things that we don't really need to do face to face anymore. And that's why I wanted to talk to an up and coming company right here in Vancouver. It's called Coco Flow. The CEO is Bernie Florido. And I'm really excited to talk about their new app, which is going to help city halls cut that face to face interaction so you can do it from the comforts of your own home. All those daily tasks that you would normally have to go physically into City Hall to like pay your parking ticket or pay your utility bill, 
You don't have to do that now. So I'm going to let him explain it more in depth and we're going to get to know him because he also has a very fascinating uh, career path, which I just love because I love it when someone's career path is multi-layered and different areas come together. And I find this fascinating. So he's going to explain to me and you how he went from his dream job of police enforcement to being a builder, to now being the CEO of a tech company. So I can't wait. So let's dive in and say hello to Bernie. Hey, Bernie, how are you? Hey, good, Jen. How are you? Thanks for having me on your show. I'm great. I'm so excited to have you here today. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for the invite. Anytime. I just love learning about people and having many different people in different companies on this show. So that being said, please tell me your sales pitch of what CocoFlow is. Sure, Jen. CocoFlow is a software company that focuses on providing a simplistic experience to residents when they conduct any variety of city hall business through our app that is branded to our partner city. Our platforms consist of multiple modules that embrace the smart city approach. Through that, we're able to receive and manage data in real time to help municipalities make decisions that improve the quality of life for their residents. Some examples are paying for your property taxes and utilities through your phone, being able to apply for building permits and licenses also through your phone. We also have modules that assist in e-governance through our smart parking module and bylaw portal. It's really a consolidated offering that's never been offered in this way. What does that mean for the city? For city staff, our systems are capable of integrating with a wide range of municipal ERPs, making the experience seamless for both residents and city staff. Our onboarding and implementation process can take as little as three months, but we're actually working on an integration model that will reduce that to as little as two weeks. Apart from that, we're proud to be a Canadian company based out of Gastown in Vancouver. We intend to compete on a global stage to showcase Canadian talent. Our teams span across the country from Vancouver to Toronto. Our most recent launch was with our partner, the city of Fort St. John in BC. We've also partnered and received support from the Canadian government through a branch called IRAP, which is a support system for tech innovation in Canada. Very cool idea. And like every great idea like CocoFlow, it has to start somewhere. There is that aha moment. I am fascinated by aha moments. I have been researching them for days. I just love knowing what sparks that creativity to come up with an idea that becomes super successful. And one of my favorites, of course, is Ikea. Of course, Ikea, as everyone knows, is like the number one name in the furniture world. And they are responsible for creating those little flat boxes that contain your furniture. And then you take it to your home. It's easy to put it in your car and away you go. But how did they come up with that idea? Well, Gillis Lundgren, who is a designer for Ikea, was trying to fit a table into a small car one time. And a table with legs, full table, in the car. Couldn't figure it out. And so he was like, um, what if I take the legs off the table and then reassemble the table when I get to the space where the table's going to be? And that's where they came up with the idea for furniture that you build when you get at home. Yes, we've all been, let's be honest here. We've all been frustrated while putting a piece of Ikea furniture together, but still genius invention. Like it's so much easier to put a flat box into your car than the physical built object. Like we've all tried to put a coffee table in the back of the car or a nightstand and it's just not, Uh, easy and that creates a lot of headaches as well. So Bernie, I want to know what was your aha moment for CocoFlow? 
The idea of starting CocoFlow came to me through an aha moment I had while I was working in construction, but also through my experience working as a police officer for over a decade. And it kind of goes into my life story, so let me try to give you the reader's digest. I started investing in Vancouver real estate in 2004, which eventually allowed me to start my own construction company. But while I was in construction, I also served as a police officer. When I first got into policing, though, my reasons for joining were a bit self-serving in a way. As a young guy, I wanted to run around and catch bad guys. But as I matured as a person and met countless people from all walks of life is when I genuinely understood the true meaning of leaving a positive impact to the community. Fast forward to my aha moment, which came to me when I was fairly new to building homes. I remember watching a building inspector conduct his inspection on one of the houses I was building. He walked around the site and wrote things down on a piece of paper. And when he finished, he went back to his car, typed it all out on the computer, and printed me a copy of his report. And it just seemed like a very roundabout way to get a report. And I thought, man, there's got to be a better way. In addition to that, I noticed delays in permit approvals was a common issue, not just in Canada, but also in the U.S. It's an issue that also plays a factor in affordable housing. So I decided to take it on and be a part of the solution. I started CocoFlow with the initial offering for our development portal to mitigate the permit delays. That's where builders could apply for construction permits right on their phone, but also conduct the entire process until completion. From there, we expanded our services to all facets of resident interaction with City Hall, which works out really well with COVID being a factor. Government buildings now are really trying to find ways to minimize in-person transactions in their buildings to prevent the spread of COVID-19. So great. Perfect example of an aha moment. I could do a whole podcast on aha moments because again, it's something that inspires me because it just seems so simple. It's like one day you're doing something or you observe something and you're like, wait, there's got to be a better way to do that. So I think it's just so cool. So fascinating. Okay, because my podcast is all about how businesses and entrepreneurs are pivoting during COVID-19, I just want to know, because you're a brand new business, you're just over a year old, Like it's got to be hard to create a new business just before the pandemic, because this is something that we've never experienced before. So there's still a lot of uncharted territory in the way of where the world's going to go after the pandemic. In many cases, it is. But to me, if there's a problem, there's an opportunity. My friends describe me as an eternal optimist. You know, the type of guy that always looks at the glass half full. Unless it's tequila, then it's definitely half empty. You're going to see a lot of giant businesses emerge from this. Take a look at 2008. Not the same, but recession no less. You had companies like Instagram, Slack, Uber that innovate and adapt with the situation and thrive because of it. That is what has inspired me through this whole pandemic is people's positivities, especially entrepreneurs' positivities, that there's always a solution for something. And yeah, it's been a really hard year for all of us, but it's great to find those positive moments throughout the year because that's really what's kept me going and what's kept me going to want to do this podcast. It's better for me to be positive. And I know it sounds so corny, but it is better for me to be positive than negative all the time or I'm not going to move forward in life. And that is what CocoFlow has done is they found a positive solution for city halls to minimize that face-to-face contact 
back in the summer, I had to help out a construction company and they needed to get permits. So I had to go to the Burnaby City Hall with plans, but not just plans, a whole bunch of other documents. And all I did was, since you could not go into the City Hall because they, of course, are following COVID protocols, I gave the documents to the security guard and then they took them to the appropriate people, which was fine, but it would be nice to have a digital system where you can do that. So I think it's really important what you're doing at Cocoa Flow to help city halls have more digital options for people needing to submit documentations or paying certain bills or fines. There's a concept called Smart City that originated in 94. It's an approach to modernize government by using technology and innovation to gather data and prepare for rapid urbanization, ultimately to deliver improved services for residents. It's become more mainstream over the last few years as our tech gets better and there's a greater demand for improved processes to handle the increase in population. Now with COVID and all, there's so many benefits to moving to a digital process. For the community, having the convenience of being able to conduct any city hall business from your phone. You no longer have to get in your car and drive to city hall and line up. By doing that, you reduce carbon emissions and the use of paper. Also, reducing the in-person engagements will help prevent the spread of COVID. For city staff, this process will reduce your workload. This will save money by reducing the purchase of paper and ink and also managing storage. Online processes will also provide the community with an alternative and quicker response times. And that's one thing you mentioned we learned during COVID. Uh, a lot more things are going uh, digital. And I think this is a great idea because, you know, we don't know down the road. They say that we could have a lot of similar viruses to this. So I think just minimizing that in-person interaction is great. And then on the other hand, you're also helping mm -hmm. the environment, which is another serious thing that's going on that a lot of us have maybe forgotten about during COVID. So it's mm -hmm. something that we also need to do is become a little bit more eco-friendly. And why not start at City Hall? Because there's a lot of paper that goes mm -hmm. in and out of that place. Most definitely. And that paper is stored in perpetuity. It's not something that we can uh, dispose of. Digital is your friend <laughs> yeah, for many things. What just inspires you? Because I always love talking to entrepreneurs that come up with these amazing ideas. And I just want to know, like, what inspires you? Yeah, sure. I mean, a, a few things. But um, if I was to narrow it down, what inspires me or what excites me is the idea of positive change. The exercise of taking a problem and creating an innovative solution and seeing it provide value in people's lives. Yeah, I love it. I think that's what a lot like, well, that's why I want to do this podcast is just I want to be positive. Mm -hmm. I think, like you said, a lot of great ideas are going to come out of this pandemic. And I'm just excited to see what comes out and talk to people because I think there's always a positive within a negative. So mm -hmm. for somebody that's sitting here right now listening to this, and they have a tech startup idea, and they really want to grow it into a business, what would be your advice for them? Sure, I can definitely share a couple of points from my experience. First, figure out your why. why why do you want to start a business? Are you passionate about it? Is it compelling enough? Does it make a difference in people's lives? Secondly, be courageous. Don't be afraid to try new things. Some people find success in a job or a business and they seem to get stuck because of the comfort of knowing what's coming. Perhaps it's a fear of starting over. It's so relatable to me and a few things that I've gone through in my life in the last few years. And I know it's relatable to a lot of other people. So I really appreciate you sharing with us today. One thing I want to know, because like I said, I think COVID has taught us a lot of different things about ourselves. 
who we are and teaching us to look at the positives within a negative. But what is one thing that you feel that COVID has taught you? One positive lesson is that people are resilient. We adapt and we overcome. And also people seem to reassess their priorities. People are spending more time with their loved ones. Well, in some cases that's not so good, but I guess that's for another episode. I feel like I could do a whole podcast on that. What was it like to live with your family during lockdown? <laughs> There'd be a lot of dirt in there. Oh, well, that's another podcast for another time. Thank you so much, Bernie, for coming out and being so honest about what it's like to start a startup company and what it's like to do it during a pandemic. And I think we just learned such great advice about, hey, if you have an idea, don't be shy about it. If you think it's gonna be a good idea, work on it and bring it out to the public because you never know where it's gonna be or where it's gonna go. Hey, you could be the next Amazon tomorrow. You don't know, but it's about not being fearful. And if you're passionate about your idea, just run with it. So again, thank you so much, Bernie, for coming on the show today and telling us all about Cocoa Flow. So if people wanna learn more about Cocoa Flow, where can they find you? Thanks for having me on, Jen. Our website is cocoflow.tech. That's C-O-C-O-F-L-O dot T-E-C-H. Thank you so much again, Bernie. And we'll talk to you next week. That was another episode of Coping 19. For more information about the show, head on over to podcastconsulting.ca where the show lives. And of course, you can find us on Spotify through that website, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. If you want more information on how to create your own podcast or a podcast for your business to get more brand exposure, all that information is on the website podcastconsulting.ca. Or maybe you want to be a guest on season two of Coping 19. Feel free to head on over to the site and contact me, Jennifer Lee. Looking forward to speaking with you soon. Bye for now.